It's the Georgia case. Fonnie Willis, the prosecutor, uh, alleging that there was a racketeering organization led by Donald Trump, and that was used to try to overturn a legitimate election. Uh, That case is leaking. Uh, The plea bargain tapes, the so-called proffer tapes, where those that have turned against the president are going to testify against others in the case. The videos that you think would want to be kept under wraps were leaked to the Washington Post. The question is, who leaked them? Well, Fonnie Willis thinks it was the Trump folks. Through discovery, those were shared with the team Trump, and that they have released them. They are looking for sanctions and the the reinstitution of a gag order. Um, What did these tapes reveal? And perhaps, do they help the former president? Matthew Schneider is leader of investigations in white-collar defense practice at Honigman Law. He's also the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, and one of our favorite guys. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Guy. It is, um, th- this was interesting. I want to start with uh, Jenna Ellis. She was, uh, folks re- might remember her. She's the young blonde attorney that waged war on behalf of the president, launched a lot of lawsuits, including one in Pennsylvania, claiming fraud. They all ultimately failed. And she was talking with the president's right-hand guy, Dan Scavino. Uh, and and she said, you know, I'm really sorry that we couldn't do more to bring this case through, but we think it's over. And it was a, a little bit like that scene in Animal House where the guy says, it's not over till we say it's over. Here's what she said Scavino told her. And he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not gonna leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump and everyone understood the boss, um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. So some of those anti-Trumpers, Matthew, are seizing upon this, saying that's the smoking gun that he never intended to leave. Others are saying, well, first of all, it's hearsay evidence. And secondly, he did leave on January 20th. Is this damaging to him? I don't necessarily think it is because the point that you raise about hearsay and and what you think this this evidence might actually show you have to got you have to get it into court and if you think about hearsay what it really is is it's a statement made outside of court by somebody other than the witness and you're trying to show it's true and so in this case the best witness to explain this is Dan Scavino. He heard it directly from Trump apparently. That's a direct statement of Trump and that is admissible. But when you take a step back and then you have Ellis saying, "Well, I heard it from Scavino." That's hearsay. And there are exceptions to hearsay. And maybe you could get it in by showing you're not trying to show it's true, but you're trying to show it is proving something else like motive. Or if Dan Scavino is indicted, then that becomes a statement of a co-conspirator, and then it's easy to come in. So that's really kind of the first hurdle. The second hurdle is, does it really make any difference? I mean, I think you made this point that that Trump is – he left. He, he did leave, and that's an argument that's fairly easy for the jury to understand, that he actually did leave office. There was a little course, riot before then, though, that may <laughs> yeah. have helped, you know – Right. And there are problems like that, too. Exactly. And and the prosecutor would say, well, look, this is like two guys going in to rob a bank. And one guy, you know, he gets the getaway car. Another guy buys a gun and they but they don't rob the bank. Well, they still had a conspiracy to rob the bank. And this is a RICO conspiracy. 
And so the prosecutor is probably going to be arguing it doesn't matter if he left office. What matters is his intent and what he was doing before that. Matthew, there's these video recordings uh, to me that were, you know, released really to me intended to intimidate the witnesses in the case and, and subject subject them to harassment and threats and those types of things. The video is out now. The horse is kind of out the barn, so you can get a gag order. But if the Trump team released them, did they get what they wanted? Probably. Yeah, it, it seems like they released a statement of Jenna Ellis that was hearsay. And it seems like they released a statement of Sidney Powell, which she was saying that Trump really thought that he had won. And so that's helpful to them. Now, there are other things that Sidney Powell said that are damaging to Trump. But all in all, if they leaked it, they were probably making a calculation that, in general, that was helpful for them. Guy, do you have... We do. Actually, this is the testimony from Powell on her tape where she said, yeah, even as we told him that we couldn't make the case, he was insistent. His other attorneys or experts. Well, he talked about, you know, seeing the vote totals roll backwards on the TV. Meaning on election night. Yeah. And um, the unbelievable spikes, how far ahead he was in different states. At the time, all the machines stopped counting and how it should have been impossible to make up that sort of vote difference without some kind of shenanigans. He believed it in his core. I guess that could be a defense, right? I mean, if he believed it, then then he wasn't lying. I mean, what is what are they trying to get with leaking these particular videos, do you think? That statement goes to the fact that Trump allegedly really thought that he had won. And if he thought he had won, then he wasn't believing that he had the intent to do anything wrong. Now, there's another part of Sidney Powell's testimony that you didn't play in which she says, well, his other lawyers were telling him, quote, all of the time that he had lost. Mm -hmm. And if you're hearing all of the time that you've lost from your top aides, that's a piece of evidence that the prosecution is going to argue, look, you, you either knew or you should have known that you had lost, and therefore your persistence in this was improper and illegal. I find it ironic that if Trump's defense team is did leak these, then it means they were playing ball with the Washington Post uh, and uh, and and helping the Washington Post, <laughs> right. which is uh, in terms of his uh, his fake news dogma, it just is more than a little curious. Um, when I've got to ask you a question totally off uh, this topic, Matthew, but you were amongst those leading the war on drugs. <laughs> Here in Metro Detroit, when you were U.S. attorney, we've got the president meeting with President Xi today. They supposedly have a deal that the Chinese say, well, oh, we're going to crack down on the, the makers of the components of fentanyl to try to help you in your battle against fentanyl. Do these international deals really yield results at the local level in the, in the war on drugs? Well, it is true that most of the fentanyl in this country comes from China, and it is used to be shipped direct, but then there was a crackdown on international shipping, and now China is taking its fentanyl and its fentanyl precursors, shipping those to Mexico, and then the Mexican cartels are bringing those up through the southern channels. And that's really where the fentanyl comes from. And so the issue here is if Biden and Xi Jinping have an agreement to limit fentanyl, question is, is China going to honor that? I mean, let's look at this in context. 
They also said that they wouldn't build in the South China Sea for military purposes. They did that. They also said that they'd agree with the Paris Climate Accords. They didn't follow that. They don't have a great track record in actually doing what they're doing. And so one really has to wonder whether or not this is going to make a difference. Yeah, you would think the president would say, hey, before we make a new deal, why don't you start honoring the old deals? You know, yes. the, 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 buying the agricultural products that you promised to buy under President Trump, which turned out to be a, a hollow promise. Uh, but but you're right. If past is prologue, uh, there there isn't a lot of encouragement here. We will we'll hope that that they will. But, uh, yeah, I, I just was curious as whether you had seen this yield actual results. Uh, Matthew, we will uh, wait to see whether or not Fonnie Willis gets her gag order. Do you think she has the justification for it? Well, if somebody leaked it inappropriately, she definitely has grounds to go back into court. It would be interesting to see if the judge decides to put some of these lawyers on the witness stand and ask them, are you the leaker? Or how did this happen? Because well, it's not like her, she, her people have been leaking, too. Right. <laughs> Everybody's leaking. If they get to the bottom of this, it could have di- very bad consequences for all of the lawyers involved. Yeah. Matthew, we thank you for your insights, my friend. Thank you. All right. Matthew Schneider at Hanagan Law. Time for this week's S&P Global Mobility Minute with Stephanie Brindley, brought to you by Dana. Dana, people finding a better way. The Los Angeles Auto Show kicks off this week, hosts to fewer on-site reveals than in past years. That doesn't mean that automakers have less to say. Regardless of on-site presence, it seems there is still value in being part of the autofocus news cycle that tends to happen around auto shows. At the show itself, a U.S. market Hyundai Santa Fe is expected, with a continued mix of powertrain offerings while Subaru is due to debut its conventionally-powered Forester. The Lucid Gravity SUV is poised to be the key EV launch, bringing a needed second product to Lucid's range. Outside the show, Toyota revealed an all-new Camry sedan and Crown Signia SUV, both using all-hybrid powertrains. Genesis updated its GV80 and adds a GV80 Coupe following a luxury market SUV trend. Though Stellantis opted out of the LA show, the recently revealed Ram Charger just might be the game changer for electric propulsion that they say it is. Keep your eye out on the news, though, as these aren't the only announcements of the month. I'm Stephanie Brindley, and this has been an Automotive Minute with S&P Global Mobility, formerly IHS Market.